In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit tecovis.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and don't go gently, y'all. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that will draw both eyes and compliments. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. We also offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. As spring makes its way into summer, stay cool in a short sleeve moisture wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tecovis's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. From the nation's capital, this is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast with your host, Rob Snowett. get this started this is my fly tying office this room it's fairly small it's the basement it's facing south so there's a good amount of daylight right now I'm gonna go over just the outline the shape of this room and how it's organized and I'm gonna break down what I have in here by the brands where to get them the quality how I go about picking something looking for consistency the tools just kind of let you know what goes on in my mind as a fly tire. You might hear some extra effects of rattling and bags. I'm going to try and edit out before this goes to Jason the sounds of me moving the microphone as I go from location to location, standing up, standing down, etc. The room is painted, I guess you'd call it Carolina Blue. It's the same color as the dragonflies I tied this morning. And it is August 10th. It's about 1.45 in the afternoon. And I've been down here most of the day. I've got clients five days in a row coming up. So not a lot of break time. Just refilling some boxes, cleaning, organizing. 
sending out some flies and some old Patagonia shirts to Justin in Colorado. The carpet's pretty nasty and old. We decided not to replace it when we moved in here because it's just going to get trashed. Last night, I tied a fly using one of those Nerf darts and I needed to clean off the bodkin from glue and I just rubbed it on the carpet and cleaned it off. It's pretty gross. Dr. Jones took a poop in here last year and I didn't know it and I stepped in it and walked all over the room and realized afterwards uh, you can't even really tell. I mean, I cleaned it up, but it's like I said, it's pretty gross. I don't keep this the most cleanly cleanliness area, whatever you call it. It is, you know, it looks like a tornado went through here. It's not, uh, it's not set up like a surgery room, you know, a doctor's office where everything is good to go. It does not look like the French chef Julia Child's kitchen where everything has its place, but I know where things are. And that's one of the traits I got from my dad is knowing where things are in organized chaos. I know art has made fun of my tying room here. And so let's see, the South has got the window. Their computer is facing that when I'm using the USB mic plugged into the computer there. You can see Jim's house across the way and Olga's house down the curve of the street. I've got my fish tank to the right. It gets a little bit of daylight. I'm now using the Wallstad method, which looks, it's doing pretty well. I got a, a daylight lamp in there and it's looking better. A lot of stuff came from Oyster Mike. Ideas from him. And then to the right, you've got a closet that only has two shelves. We'll get there soon. And then this back wall doesn't really have much on it. There's a shelf made out of old boards and milk crates. And then the last wall has the door, the pegboard, and some fancy lamp from our old house. And then the tying wall has one of those over-the-door shoe hangers on it. And that's full of spools, reels, tippet material. It's got some ostrich plumes on it, some shooting heads, UV knot sense, uh, some Cohen's frog legs, which I didn't even know were in there. And then this wall also has one vertical bin. It's got my tying desk and then another vertical thing. So let's start with uh, what I have on my tying table. We'll go with tools, materials, organization, and then I'm going to start breaking down where all this stuff comes from. I'm going to move the microphone stand now. Okay, I have got a lamp. Uh, it's pretty generic. It's heavy. It's got a nice elbow to it, and that I can swing back and forth over my vise. The wall in front of me has a magnetic knife rack, which I'll use to hold scissors and tools and some flies that I've picked up along the way. It's got the original circus peanut fly picked up. It's got uh, fiber flies dubbing intruder. It's got some of those intruders I picked up last year on my trip to Michigan. I've got a really cool feather game changer from Ivan from Beer Tie. And an OPST sticker stuck in there. Some artwork for my daughter and an original clouser tied by Bob himself. And then I've got one piece of pegboard. And this is where I kind of keep my working area. And it's the prefabricated plastic ones that click together and you just screw into drywall. 
And it's pretty sweet. On the top left, it's flash material. This is the leftover from tying steelhead flies for Misha, which he should be using right now up in the Pacific Northwest. So I've got New Age Hollow Flash, Crinkle Mirror Flash, Flash be Mirage. The Crinkle Mirror Flash I use in steelhead flies, mostly the hobos. The New Age Hollow Flash is my choice for the tails. And I guess you call it the wing on how I tie my circus peanuts. So I've got that in green. The New Age, sorry, the Mirage Flashaboo I bought from Melinda's. I use that on the back of my HNIC. And just a variety of colors. Some of these are made by Doug's Bugs, Electric Scale. It's like the same material, just different companies call it different things. Orvis, Lateral Scale. And then sticking out of the pegs, I have all the different colors of the hollow flash and other flash material based on the zip tie that's in them. So I've got uh, black, I've got purples and blues, reds, and magentas, there goes one of the pegs. The next peg over is polar flash. I use that in my shad busters, my shad puffs as the tail. I've been using it on this little fly that was originally tied for Shad for California, but the client didn't like them, so I kept them. And it turns out it's just a great warm water itty-bitty fly. It's just a bead head on a size 12 barbless hook and a tail of polar flash. And then the body is wrapped with some micro Estaz chenille. Uh, the colors I have in this are, they don't really say them on here, 2003, 2009, which is a silvery one, straight up tinsel flashaboo, which I use on my shad jigs, that's 6901, and that is the really lightweight, lofty flashaboo that I like because the way it dances in the water. I've got a green flashaboo, 2007, uh, 6924 is rainbow colored. Don't really use that much. This one I picked up last year, all season sports, when I was tying up those white buggers. This is 2002. It's Polar Flash Blue Pearl. So when you buy it from a fly shop, it should have, this has got a Wopsy sticker on it. It tells you the price, $349 all seasons, plus the color. The other ones previously are from Hairline Dubbin, and they don't have a individual sale. Like you buy a bag of blow pops, it says not... Labeled for individual sale. That's what these are. The pink is 2004. That's a shrimpy color. And behind that, I've got a lateral scale, 1735 from Hedron Flashaboo. And that is going to be used, probably my older intruder flies. I don't use it in intruders much anymore. But it makes a great little flashback on my HNICs. And what I should be doing now, as you can hear, is putting all of these back on their pegs. I really wish I had the anal attentiveness in my tying room as I do in the kitchen. We just bought a new knife block and the wife gets pissed at me because I want each knife in the same spot all the time. I want to be able to open a drawer in our kitchen. There's a lot of drawers. Our kitchen is one of the reasons we bought this house. I want to know exactly where all my tools are in the kitchen, but I don't use that same method down here in the fly tying room. Next peg over is extra long saddle hackles. I'm using these on the collars of the Circus Peanuts. Black, uh, what is this? Pink, 
purple, a not so long purple, and then a couple packs of Senyo's Steelhead Shanks 45, sorry, 40 millimeter. Now these uh, extra long saddle hackles I picked up at the Lancaster show from, I believe it's the Sporting Gentleman. I bought a pack from another company, just one pack of purple for $6, and I opened it up, and it was absolutely lousy. I returned that to them, turned around, across from them was the Sporting Gentleman, and they had a Ziploc bag of seven or eight full packs of Orvis Extra Long Saddle Hackle for $10. I couldn't pass it up. The next peg, I have plastic triangles. Uh, well, I don't know what you call these. These are just from like geometry class. These are what I use for cutting my foam into strips for foam mulberries, for scorpion bugs, for Chernobyl ants, and for my dragonfly. I also have a metal ruler that I use, and then there's a large straw from Bubble Tea, and that is what I use to push deer hair back if I'm going to tie the Mike Schmidt double deceiver he showed me. And then behind those, I've got the little metal triangle I found last year when I was looking for something to find a stencil to cut out an isosceles triangle for tails and ultra suede. And I keep it up there so I don't lose it. Okay, bottom shelf. Uh, flash, I've got one of these. On some pegs, I just have spare spools of thread. This is 210 denier white. Some actual lead wire, 0 .030. I don't use that, so I don't know what it's there for. Schlappen. I've got Kingfisher Strung Peacock. No, sorry. Strung Marabou Peacock Blue. Quarter ounce strong. That's White River. And then black. Just a generic bag. I don't know what that's from. I'm going to put these on the floor because they can go away. I'm not really tying with these. As well as Strung Rooster Saddles, 4 to 6 inches. Usually when I need to restock, I just drop things to the left on the floor. Saber hooks. We'll go over my hooks later, but got a couple of packs of hooks up there just for quick grabbing access. And Hemingway Stonefly Rubber Legs, which I have not tried yet. And you'll hear about something like that on the next podcast. I was able to sit down with Richard Franklin the other day and got another podcast with him. It's pretty pretty amazing. I've got my zip tie here of multicolor crystal flash I use in the Snow White Damsel. And then just a hot tip rubber legs. I've got some more hooks. A variety of heavy egg hooks. Just kind of uh, OPST. Swing hooks. I still have not caught a fish using those. Hopefully this October I will. Spare batteries for my UV light and loon needle replacements. Then I've got some components. Make your own 6mm walleye beads. They're for articulated streamers. I don't really use them. Um, I've got uh, Fiberflies dubbing multi-pack. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, six. 12 colors of alpaca dubbing. Give a shout out to Fiberflies, F-I-B-E-R-Flies.com. Trout don't live in ugly places. And this is from Jim Benziger. He's been on the podcast before. Former Marine and all-around awesome dude. And then on my desk, wow. Uh, where to start here? 
I've got a green cutting mat, and on top of that, I've got my hairline dub-in non-slip pad with my Regal pedestal vise and my tie wheel. I find my tie wheel is an integral piece of my tying. At first, I thought, no way, I couldn't use one of these, and now I really do rely on it on my everyday fly tying. On the pedestal of the vise, I have my Kester number 44 rosin core non-toxic one pound spool of weight that I can just pull off and wrap onto hooks to weigh them down. And then to the left of it, uh, if you're a parent, Scott Moist White Bets. These are great when you got a little kid and you got a white butts and snot and boogers. This little box goes with me a lot of places. Right now I've got one, two, three, four, five, six packs of saber hooks in there, and a couple of Matsuo bass hooks, some other random things. Below that, I have these 18 uh, compartment boxes. When I worked at Orvis in 99, these were free to us. They were in the storage locker. The store was so small, we actually had storage, I don't know if you call them lockers, uh, shipping containers out back. And that's where we kept a lot of things. It sucked having to go out there in nasty weather to get luggage and other things. But we had cases of these. So I grabbed these when I could, and this one is for beads. A lot of them are wholesale fly company, and there's a lot of tungsten cones in here. Colorful beads, little metal beads, hot orange beads. It's mostly silver. And these are fairly well organized. I use the tungsten cones in my bacon flies for heavy. I've got the brass ones from Wholesale Fly Company for the unweighted bacon fly. I don't know why you'd want one. And I've got some pretty small beads in here. If you want to tie like a size 22, I can cover that. Never, ever want to drop these. This is a box of just hooks for when I travel. They go from 8, 10, 12, 14, top row, 4, 6, 8, 4, 6, and then random, size 10 Orvis, size 10 Mustad, size 12. And there are some odds and ends in here. There's some tungsten flashback here's ears by Umqua. There's a couple soft hackles, a green glass bead caddis. I can just grab this and go on my way. I love the size 6 barbless streamer hooks from Fly Shack. They are freakishly sharp. And then the third of these compartments, these are my dumbbell eyes. I've got toxic and non-toxic, organized from large, medium to small. I've got round black ones. I've got some with pupils. I've got really heavy eyeballs. Just a variety for clousers. I've got some bead chain ones in here for Cree bugs. These are the ones I use on my curly tail flies, clousers, and reapers. I'm trying to think of anything else. So I've got those covered. Behind the lamp, I have some little cardboard boxes. I love the ones when you get an iPhone. So that has epoxy and some markers and an Altoids box of random hooks. Behind that, it's another cardboard box. This has now defunct uh, Orvis dubbing wax from high school. Of course, I bought dubbing wax to tie my composite loops last year. 
Couldn't find this, went out to Orvis, spent six bucks on a new tube, come home and find this immediately. But I've also got the now, I guess, defunct Clear Cure Goo. I don't know if they don't respond to any kind of emails or social media. Um, but I have it in there just in case. And then my Twinings Earl Grey aluminum box has got Loon in there. It's got more Clear Cure Goo. I've got Loctite, Epoxies, and oddly... Uh, there's a pack of Craft Real Mayonnaise. Tear here. Does it even expire? I don't know what that's doing in there. And that keeps some of my UV cured products. Uh, I've also got the Solar Easy Itty Bitty Tubes and the Solar Easy Light. I was tying with it today. Really cool stuff. I'm hoping that Solar Easy finally is going to be the last UV curing product I ever need. We will hold on to that idea. I'm not going to count my chickens. Then I have my Renzetti foam tool caddy that I bought. It still says Yellow Breeches Outfitters, $13. That's how old this thing is. The front, I've got my bobbins. I mostly use a couple right bobbins, a couple griffins. Uh, love the Griffin bobbins. One of them broke after about 20 years of use, and I sent it to them, and they sent me a new one. So in the front row, I've got Semper Fly, 12-aught Silk, 6-aught Black, Orvis Bass Bug Pink, Vivis 200D, which I'm not a fan of. I think that was a gift from Sam Looper. And then I've got Chartreuse, Nano Silk, 12-aught, and 210 Denier. Danville Chartreuse. I've got some tools in here. Uh, an itty bitty bobbin I used to pop holes in so I can fit the foam over the eyes of my hooks on my scorpion bugs. Dubbing wax. I've got the little lacquer brush of, I don't know if you call it lacquer brush. It looks like a, just a black nail polish container. And it's a brushable Solar Easy. And it's absolutely brilliant. It's great for finishing off flies. I've got a finger um, emery board. Anytime you're going to tie flies, you should have an emery board and clean all the little dried bits off your fingers. These are all from the gas station outside Pulaski. I just buy them every year when I'm up there because my hands get gnarled and nasty. I've got a dental pick for picking out dubbing. Large scissors. Orvis, I bought them in 99. They're still good. I've got these little red ones. They are they say ice stainless. They're red handled. Not tying tools. I've got a pair of pliers and like the $2 tool for making dubbing loops from Bass Pro Shops. Uh, in my tie wheel, I always have this one. This is my OPST dubbing tool and it's phenomenal. I love it. It's heavy. It keeps spinning. That's the tool caddy. Also in my tie wheel, I've got right now 210 orange. Denier, 6-aught monofilament, 210 light blue. But I mostly tie with my right bobbin with 240 Denier flat wax, Danville, or Chartreuse. The other colors are mostly for shad ties or something random. Move my Leatherman out of the way. Other tools out, I've got Zuddy's leg puller. I'm going to organize this while I'm going. I've got a knife for cutting the foam. A couple pliers. I've got these little blue scissors from the craft store. They don't fit my hands, but they're super sharp. 
I've got Fireline 30-pound for trailer tails on intruders. That should be hanging up on the pegboard along with 7-strand Beetalon. And then a couple just odd things, a Velcro on a stick for picking out dubbing, some bodkins, uh, pliers, and a bunch of just random material. And a couple stickers. And that's about it for the table. Underneath the table, I've got my... Oh, just junk. I don't even want to show you. I'll take pictures of all this so you can see. Then I've got this tower that my wife used to use in our enormous bathroom at our condo where we used to live. And on top of that is my original vice. It's a Griffin Rotary that Grizzly sold me at the Angler's Lie in 1993. Or 90, no, 94. There's a couple of rumps of pheasants. I've got a Sailor Jerry Spice Rum cardboard tube with my center Lady Amherst plumes in it. I also have a little tripod for phones. And then I've got this funky thing. It's a coconut shell with rooster feathers and straw coming out of it. It's to ward off bad spirits. It's from Hawaii from my college buddy Brian. Don't know where he is these days. And this is supposed to, it's for his girlfriend in Hawaii, or he bought it there, and it's been with my fly time material since about 98. Below that, I've got my giant spools of bead chain. These are number six, NPS beaded chain. It's 100 feet. And then I've got my size 10 beaded chain. And this is also where I keep my industrial size skeins of yarn. I've got hot pink skein back there of chenille. This is my new Samsung textile fluorescent chartreuse yarn from Lotte. It makes the easiest woolly bugger body you can imagine. And then some knot tying things. I've got some Maxima Chameleon 15 pound for tying nail knots. And then a picture of my brother and I. This must be from the Hunter's Woods Elementary School something carnival in 83 or 84. Got our faces painted with Tootsie Roll Pops. And that's in front of the old house, Red Clover Court. We left there in... Um... Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. June of 84. And then just odds and end computer parts, USB cables for podcasting. And then this giant Ziploc bag. Since we moved into the house, I've kept every odd and end that could possibly be used from feathers from tying. And I'll give this to somebody at some point, but there's a lot in there. So I think that's it for here. Also, I have uh, some spools of gel spun for tying knots. Oh. At some point, I was really into tying with glass beads, or thought I was. So I've got... 1,400 or 1,000 glass beads in here with some metal beads just to keep them organized. I thought they'd be great for steelhead, but 
I don't really use them. All right, I'm gonna pick up the mic now. Let's talk about what I have over here. This is a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven compartment plastic vertical from Target from a long time ago. On top of that, I have a artist print that was given as a gift. It says the Saturday Evening Post and it's got an old guy tying flies. And a pair of Costas, some potpourri. These hooks don't belong here. All right, let's go through how I keep this organized. The top shelf, it's got a lot of odds and ends in it, but it's mostly beads. This is where I keep my risen silver brass beads. And I mentioned those beads earlier. Those are not shiny silver beads. Those are, they're great. You can't beat the price on Wholesale Fly Company, but if you want a silvery bead, something that the fish can pick up on and you can pick up on, risen fly is really what you want to go with. I've got a couple packs of these. I've got brass cone heads, caddis beads, faceted tungsten, uh, black seed beads. I've got more types of head cement in here than you can imagine. Uh, what are these? So this is just beads, more brass beads, more little black beads. And here I have the inside of a stuffed animal that Dr. Jones ripped up. It's the white polyfill. And it has this beautifully translucent color when it is wet. And I use that on a lot of my steelhead patterns. Uh, what else is in here? 40 pound high float leader material from Orvis for weed guards. What are these beads? Wholesale Fly Company. There's a giant grasshopper in here that's like four inches long I once tied. More rainbow colored beads. Oh, a hair stacker. Don't really use those too often, but hey, I've got them. And then I've got the 3D stick-on eyes from Orvis from a long time ago. Now, this is a pack of RS2s that a friend bought me in Colorado a long time ago. RS2 emergers. There are some, what do you call these? These are hackle pliers, scotch tape, uh, Tenkara line winder for when you're walking from place to place. Look at that, more black beads. Some swivels and then just odds and ends, CPR certifications, fly shack, tungsten cone head beads. Can't go wrong with those. So this is like beads and odds and ends. I've got this tool. This is the hook easy for tying knots. I've never used it. It's from iCast. The next drawer down is a lot of hooks. These are Matsuo J-Bend hooks. 100, 200, 300, 400, 500. So I got 500 of those. More beads. Let's put that in the top shelf. I might as well organize while I'm doing this. If you want to know where I get my Matsuo hooks, it's a guy on eBay. Send me an email, rob at robsnowwhite.com, and I can hook you up with this guy. Earring backs, some more uh, needle replacements for Loon. Streamer hooks from Orvis, Curve Nymph hooks, Daiichi Scud hooks, and then a lot of jig heads. 100 to 300 jig hooks for the Shad Run. Look at this. This is old. This is Angler's Lie Mason Hard Mono. 
from probably 96. That's in there. Some really old Mustad size 14 hooks. A couple of P-line beads, some magnets, some egg yarn, and a really cool pair of surgical hemostats we got from a guy that was a surgeon at Walter Reed, and he would come in and to Orvis and give us tools and stuff to play with. Third one down, this is my flash bin. Oddly, I've got Hair's Ear Ice Dub Dispenser. Not a big fan of Hair's Ear or uh, mixed in with Ice Dub. This is Crystal Flash. If you come across saltwater Crystal Flash and you want to get rid of it, you can send it to me. This is Chartreuse. They stopped making it a long time ago. The last place I found it was the Dollar Bin at Tight Lines in New Jersey, and it makes fantastic legs for beetles. It's thicker than regular Crystal Flash. I've got blues, golds, rainbows, pinks, yellows, purples, rainbows, browns, pearl white. And then a map of Key West and the Florida Keys. Some Christmassy looking Mylar. Some Gold Flash and some Zelon. Odds, odds and ends in here. Next down is... Cocktails and schlappen. So these are what I would use for tying my new herring fly, for tying different colored bacon flies, even though I don't need to. But these are just things like I've been collecting since I was in high school. Purples, orange, chartreuse, pinks, orange, light blues, and a big piece of blue marabou, and a button to a pair of shorts that probably broke off. Not one of the, the bins I go to. That often. Next down are going to be hackles. These hackles, some of them are pretty old. i got bass hackles. I've got uh, hen capes. This is a black rooster cape that Grizzly sold me again in 94. I still have it. This is my number one rated soft hackle. It's partridge, Hungarian. These are things you don't order online. You want to go to the store and pick them out. It's in a prime northern bucktail bag, but when I look at it, and I'm looking down at the spot right above the neck, there's only a couple left on this one. I'm looking for the super soft, tiny, gray and white banded feathers that you're going to find on the top of a really good soft tackle. I can only find those by looking at them by hand in a store. I've got black capes, purple capes, there's elk hair in here. Hand capes, my god, there's just all sorts of stuff. Foam, there's a really old ostrich plume, ostrich hurdle from Orvis. I don't know where that came from. And the soft hackles, I'm gonna use mostly on my HNICs, soft hackle flashback, pheasant tails for steelhead. That's mostly what I use those for. Go down one, ah, uh, there's my prime. All right, here's my really good soft tackle. That thing is, it's beautiful to me. The best soft tackle I've ever seen was one Justin picked up from Hopper Wan down at uh, Fly Shops Wan Ramirez working at. Angler's Covey. All right, pheasant. Skin pheasant. And then I've got a whole bunch of really good soft tackles in a Ziploc bag with ostrich hurl. And then I've got, this is where I keep my prime tackles. These are the ones that I could have sold. Grade 2, Hoffman's. Uh, what is this? This is a Collins Grade 3. 
don't really tie with these, but it's nice to have them. It's another. These ones I could have sold for hundreds and hundreds of dollars back during the hair phase. Brown ones I got somewhere. Olive ones. Matuka feathers. I don't tie Matukas. There's more elk hair in here. Let's organize that a little bit better. Bright green calf tail. Things that I don't really use, but one day I might, so I keep them. The bottom drawers where I keep the used up bucktails and my calf tails. So my main bucktails are going to be light grays, whites, light blues. I want them to look like the baby shad in the river. I've got red, chartreuse, white, and then there's some more hanging up on the pegboard. And when I'm looking for, my God, that one's beautiful. These are about six to seven inch long fibers. So I'm tying clousers with these. I'm going to get on the chair so I don't have to kneel. I'm looking for really soft, soft, long fibers. I don't want stiff, bristly ones. I want long, thin, soft clousers. And you get a bonus. The other side is a little bit of light brown. And I'm just kind of playing with this one. I'm miring. I don't know where I got this. If you go to the fly fishing show, you want to find Brad Buzzy. He's got some really nice ones. Find the people that dyed them themselves, have a big quantity. You can go through those yourself and pick out the ones you like the best. Now, calf tails. I use a lot of calf tails for small clousers. I use uh, like a size six streamer hook or 10. And I tie these for the shad run and for stripers on the Potomac. Largemouth eat them too. And I've got these in chartreuse, orange, pink. And again, I want long, straight fibers that aren't too rough or bristly. I want them to be soft. They're easier to tie down when they're soft. When they're bristly and hollow, when you crank down with your thread, they're going to splay out. I don't want that. I want them to lay down flat. You got blue ones, more chartreuse, pink, pink, pink. Black one, another all black one, another chartreuse, another chartreuse, a purple one. See how many calf tails I have. Orange, pink, purple, black, white, white, cream, hot pink. Put these in a Ziploc bag while I'm at it. Another white one. Another white one. Another white one. And another pink one, another chartreuse one. And like I said, when I find something good, I pick it up. I know I'm going to need it. And then I most recently bought one in brown from Mad River Outfitters for the tail on my HNIC. Put this away. So I do love me the cocktails. They stink, but they're nice. And Dr. Jones will come in here and just pick one up and hold it in his mouth. He won't do anything with it. He's a strange, strange animal. And then down here, I've also got my magnetic broom for picking up hooks. And then I've got a large Plano box, which I've started to separate my round and flat rubber legs in and the round rubber legs I use those on terrestrials grasshoppers mostly my terrestrial uh, dragonfly wings but I use the flat ones for skirts those are going to be or I always use the round ones on the gutless frog the flat ones are going to be used on reapers and circus peanuts and I've got them in all colors and wish I had more all right, let's move to the left. Picking up the microphone. Okay, how do I explain this chaos to you? This is one, two, three, six of those plastic pegboards. And I guess I can go from the top left 
across like you're reading. So left to right. So at the top left, I have got a variety of dubbing materials that I just don't use. Uh, I've got Senyo Shaggy Dub. I've got Hair's Ear, Light Bright, Fur Dubbing. Just, I mean, stuff from high school that I'm not going to use. And then I've got Snowshoe Rabbit Feet in case I do Snowshoe Rabbit Emerger by Rosenbauer. Never needed one. I don't really fish emergers, but let's say I do need one. I've got a really nice selected snowshoe rabbit. Next to that, I've got my... Let me raise this mic up a bit. Next to that, I've got my Colorado hooks, is what I call them. These are my itty-bitties. These are 16s, 20s, 18s, 22s, 24s. They're just out of the way there because I don't really use them. The contrast next to that... I've got like giant three-aught saltwater hooks. I have them. I don't use them. I might. And then the Matsuo hooks, when I was working with them, I got a lot of hooks, and I'm glad I did. I've got octopus hooks. I've got Aberdeen hooks. I've got the worm hooks. And those are used for... The worm hooks I use on my bass flies. The other ones are just for small buggers and nymphs, steelhead flies. They've got a really nice little egg hook that I use for tying eggs on. I'm guessing it's for putting a salmon egg bait on. But it's small, it's sharp, and it works. The Mazio hooks are crazy sharp, and they're strong, which is why I pursued them to do some synergy a couple years ago. Then I've got my bass and saltwater hooks. So these are going to be for clousers and anything else I'm tying. Right now the dragonfly is tied on it. So these are size 4, size 1s, pre-sharpened saltwater. There are some BS, B10S stingers, size 4 from Gamakatsu. That's my preference for a clouser hook for the Potomac. B10S stingers. i got four packs of those. I always need saltwater clouser hooks. So we go through a lot of clousers here. And then the hooks get organized as curved nymph hooks. Oh my gosh. Probably 30 packs of those. Heavy egg hooks and a hole puncher for tying material that don't have holes in them for put on the head put on the peg hooks. I've got salmon hooks here. Uh, don't and a huge circle hook. Then my bass stinger hooks. My preference for a bass stinger hook are the 8810s by Orvis. They don't make them anymore. If you have some, I will take them from you. And then my large hooks for tying up scorpion flies and snow white bacon, size 4, size 2s, 4x long. Next is a large section of hairline material. It's crystal flash chenille. I like that because it's shiny. It's rounded, it comes in a variety of colors, it's durable. It's going to make a little bit of a mess when you tie it with it and cut it, but it is great. It's the body of and tail of my Snallygaster worm. It is what I will wrap for my curly tails. I use it as the underbody between the foam on my scorpion bugs and what else? There's a couple other uses for it, but I've got it in... Pumpkin, chartreuse, fuchsia, what is that? That's the wrong bag. Hot orange, black, purple, peacock, and white. 
And I usually get about six packs of those at a time. And then we're over to our Stinger Intruder Hooks. And we've got uh, Saber Brand. I've got Allen Brand. I've got Orvis Brand. I've got Daiichi Brand. And I've got the OPST ones mentioned earlier. Now we're going to go into Shrimp Scud Hooks. These are my size 8s. It's mostly Saber, a couple packs of Orvis. Those are going to be for large Jumbo Johns. Maybe, I don't know what else. And then size 10s. This is the hook I tie the most with. This is what I tie my Snow White Damsel on and all of my Worm Flies. These are the 7252 size 10. Those are the Barbless Sabres. And then if you want the non-Barbless, it is 7251. So I've only got 600 of those now just to have them because I don't know when a huge order might come in or I just need to stock up and tie 100 damsels. So when I go to the Somerset show, I stock up on the things I can get there. If I find out I didn't get what I needed, then I can go back to the Lancaster show, talk to Mike, drop some coin there. Then I've got size 10s. I don't know what I use those for. A bunch of other random hooks, more um, heavy wet hooks, some streamer hooks. The 8808 size 2, 4X is my preference from Orvis for the Scorpion and my Bacon Fly. Downturned eye. I always fish downturned eye. I don't like straight eyes. Then we can drop down. We're going to go with the uh, UV Polar Chenille. I use that on the Reapers. I'll use that on my Curly Tails. Maybe if I'm being cheeky, I'll use them as the collars on a circus peanut instead of the slapping material. But, I don't know. It's awesome stuff. It's brilliantly colored. It's durable. It's what I would consider what I was seeking out years ago for my flies. I ended up getting eyelash yarns. And then all this stuff's coming out. All this great Senyo products. Um, so I've got them in Chartreuse, UV Pearl. Uh, what is that? Root Beer. Rusty Copper, Purple, Chartreuse, Blue, and Hot Orange. I also use those a couple times a year for steelhead flies. Then we're going to get into... Oh, I've got Olive UV. Then we're going to get into the Rainy's Float Foam. I've got it in black, yellow, and orange. Size large, mostly. Those are going to be for just super easy Chernobyl ants. We need a quick and dirty fly to catch fish. And you want to make a dozen of them very fast. An inch of the float foam on a size 7031 hook by Fly Shack. Little chenille body to keep the foam from rolling. Four sets of rubber legs. And it's super easy. And you can tie them in any color. And hopefully your local fly shop carries them. It's hard to find. And I also use my gutless frog. Then I've got some ultra chenille in black. Those are going to be for my splat rat tails. I also have it in up here, just uh, claret and chartreuse. Those are going to be for San Juan worms. Next up are my mustad egg hooks for steelhead. C as in Charlie, six, seven S's in Sam, size 12. Those are from Melinda's. I also have them in size 10. Behind those randomly are just olive estazes root beer and brown i have them i don't know what i use them for but they're there 
And then it goes across to more hooks, dry fly hooks mostly, size 22, sixes, eights, four, sixes, twelves, tens. Those are going to be for grasshoppers, mini Chernobyl ants, HNICs, etc. That covers that shelf row. We're going to drop down. Now I have what I use on my shad jigs. And if I'm in a pinch, I'll use it as the inside of scorpion bug. And I'll also use it as that body just to hold on the Chernobyl ant material from the Rainies. And I have it in chartreuse. These aren't even the right. One of them's in a grizzly flutter legs pack. One's in a medium trilobal antron. But uh, let's see. Ice chenille large chartreuse. And I've got... Estaz, hot pink, Estaz, hot pink, and then three more, Ishaniels, Fuchsia. I've got purple Estaz. I love Estaz, but it's not as easy to get, so this Ishaniel will do. It's more flat. I like the rounder Estaz brand or the Crystal Flash Chenille. So a whole bunch of Estazes and pseudo Chenilles there. Then I've got my tails by Eastern Trophies. I've got the triangles. I've got the curly tails. I've got the leech tails. And then I've got the bait fish tails, which I don't even use. The curly tails I use for my curly tail fly. That's fairly obvious. Chartreuse, olive, black. Really wish William made them in white. And then the leech tails I use on my reapers. And those are going to be olive and black. Again, I wish they came in white so I could dye them and color them myself. A random peg here with just odds and ends. This is Fly Tine Chenille one packet. And then just random olives, blacks. Tinsel Chenille, large olive, olive regular Chenille, and lavender Chenille, and purple ice dub Chenille. Again, things you see in a fly shop or a trade show and a clearance bin you just buy them because one day you're probably going to need them and at the time it's not not that much of an investment you know one or two dollars here but you look at this room and i probably could be wearing some clothes that aren't from marshall's and a free shirt my wife got at an embassy event because uh it's all going to fly time if you think about it then i've got my cross-cut rabbit strips chartreuse black purple fuchsia tan white more chartreuse, kingfisher blue. Those are going to be for leeches, tails on intruders, quick um, swing flies where you just do a tail of zonker and then wrap it with crosscut, and you've got a fly you can easily swing. And then I'll use those also for my version of the Cree bug. Then I've got rayon chenille large brown from Mossy Creek. Grand Este Estaz, Grande Estaz. And then we start random grizzly flutter legs in chartreuses, yellows, greens, blacks, black round rubber legs. I'm trying to move the rubber legs that are not in that floor bin to a bin in front of me. I'll get to those bins. And then I've got random dubbing, ice gold, chartreuse, chartreuse, shrimp pink, chartreuse. These chartreuse ones were on sale for like a quarter or something at all seasons and I bought all of them. Another um, hole punch. 
And then I've got a whole section of rubber legs. I've got clear legs, pearl flake, and then grizzly flutters. Black barred shrimp, purple barred chartreuse barred. I told you those are all four. And then I've got my hot tip silly legs. These are my preference for the reaper flies. Hot tipped, pink and blue, chartreuse black, pumpkin orange, purple, black, purple, and orange. Bunch of those. And then I've got the zonker strips, which should be next to the crosscut, but they're not. Whites, tans, naturals, browns, olives, fuchsias, red, olive, orange, white. And then some synthetics. These are what I'm going to tie my crystal meth sucker spawn out of. Dyed pearl diamond braid. And pinks and yellows right now the rest are in a bag below then i've got pearl cord braid yellows purples blues reds orange makes a great synthetic san juan worm and then next to that i've got flat diamond braid stankus uses these to tie sucker spawns they're great for that i've seen them clean up doing those in blue and chartreuse but i use these for intruder bodies in a variety of colors blacks blues silvers yellows shrimp pinks and then the bottom row is going to be, let's go left to right. So I keep the polar flash. So I've got all those polar flashes, the copper greens, color 2016, the pinky pearl 2003, all silvery 2009. And I've got to keep the cardboards because when I went to reorder them, if I don't know what color it is, I can't do it. So I need to have... Polar flash, wing tail, ribbing, and body material package with that number stamped on the top right. Then it goes into flashaboo. This is what I'm going to use in a lot of my shad flies. So I've got really thin tinsel flashaboo, extra limp. That's what I'm looking for in the shad flies. 6905 in pearl, and then extra limp, 6925. This is going to be... I don't know what color that is. Maybe it's a black, silver, green. That's what I use for the tail or the undertail on my bacon fly. That's so you can see the bacon fly light up in the water when you strip and pop it so you know where it is. And then it just goes pinks, purples, chartreuse, fuchsias, coppers, golds, whites. Again, if you find them on sale or find a good deal, they're synthetic. They're not going to get eaten by animals. If I get picked up by a the only shooting stick with one-handed trigger pull adjustments has a new way to keep you at the top of your game. The Trigger Stick Apex. Built for sturdy support that adapts to unforgiving terrain with easy adjustments to make your big shots. With our Durasteady three-piece carbon leg design and interchangeable rock-solid clamp, nothing tops the Apex. The Trigger Stick Apex, only from Primo's. Osprey tomorrow while I'm fishing and they poke my eyes out and eat my hands and I can't tie anymore. This can be donated to somebody. And that's the comment I made yesterday in the boat is thank goodness Ospreys don't attack people because there's so many around here and we go right next to their nests. They could just fly down and attack me easily, but they just kind of bob their heads, look around and go about their day. Next, I have some more lateral scales. Uh, just random flash. And then thick skin, no, thin skin. This is what I use on the back of my Jumbo Johns. I've got them in a variety of colors. 
These rubber legs are out of place, so let's take these off. Thin skin and mottled blacks, mottled oaks, browns, yellows, chartreuse. Inexpensive stuff. It goes a long way. And then I've got the gar material. So originally, this is an original Orvis Widow's Web. SKU number 903T0065. This stuff sat in my room for years. I disliked it because it get caught on everything in the containers, bins, wherever. If you tied with it, it got caught in everything else in your box. And then we started getting into gar. And I needed a material that would just get caught in their teeth. And Widow's Web did it. Some of the other materials I have, Spirit River, Frizz Fiber, Metz Frizz Fiber, Best Way Near Hair, Polar Air from Spirit River, Near Hair, Original Widow's Webs, and I should have enough of those to last me for a while. I actually got into some gar a couple weeks ago, which is pretty sweet this late in the year. And then, again, uh, Strung Schlappen in purple. We're going to go to my... Hairline Dubbin Large Northern Bucktails in fluorescent blue, light blue, lime green, white, lime greens, and chartreuse. And these, again, were picked out by someone there. And they're actually extremely soft. They're very thick. Uh, the packet, that is, not the fibers. Yeah, this is a two-inch thick Ziploc bag of bucktail. More than I need, but I have it in case. And then we go to the super hair that I use for super clousers. Makes great fiber materials for your terrestrial legs. Greens, purples, chartreuse, pinks, whites, blacks, olives. Just a ton of colors. Some of these were a dollar a pop. Most of these, in fact, are all a dollar a pop at that Tight Lines booth. Then I've got more cocktails and rooster tails and schlappins. The whole idea behind the bacon fly was that these schlappins weren't big enough. And I started using rooster tail and Orvis stopped selling rooster tail. So now I get it on eBay. Strong, black, oily looking iridescent roosters. But I've got it in olive, chartreuse, browns, pinks, fluorescents, reds. Those are can just be tied. You know, if I need to do lefties deceivers. There you go. Then I've got Cohen's suede, fly suede for cutting out your own. Haven't really used it a whole lot, except uh, last winter tying up a bunch of snallygasters. And then I've got one eighth inch Evasote foam black. This was the material that um, Bam Bam used two years ago to catch his giant brown trout on Mossy Creek. And Mike Schmidt was using it last year, and I asked him what size. He confirmed that size for me, and I bought it. Now we're on to my little pack of original Bill Skilton flies. I've got black beetles, caddis, dragonflies, and a little Ziploc bag and foam, and these are, this is my little display. I've never been able to get my little brown foam to look like his. And behind that is my collection of uh, Arctic fox. Blues, chartreuses, blacks, purples, yellows, greens. Those are another material that you want to go through by hand if you can in the shop. Arctic fox hair. Some of them come out super short. Some of them are super long. Some have mixed. I want nice long. And I don't want all that guard hair in the bottom. Another one of those things you need to look at 
by hand when purchasing. More Arctic Fox down below. Chartreuse, Kingfisher Blues, Whites. And then in addition to Arctic Fox, I've got Temple Fox fur. Don't really use these a whole lot anymore in my intruders, but if I'm going to, it's going to be the Mike Dokuto Fifth Element or my attempt at it. And the Orvis Temple Fox fur is much longer, a little more wispy. I'm going to choose that now. Wish I'd known about that before I bought so much Arctic Fox here. I'm going to move the microphone down now. And let's go through these nasty old bins. Bin number one has got a humidor on it that doesn't really get used. Some things that don't have any spaces for me to pop a hole in. So some random hooks. I've got spade plumes in black. Let's hang that up on the post. Business cards. My Somebody picked me up. I think it was my dad. A sargassum seahorse that has always been on my fly tying desk. I don't know where this came from, but I keep it with me. Business cards. Top drawer. My goodness. These are all my pens. My Copic pens, which seems to not really be used that much anymore. My stained by Sharpie. White Arctic Fox doesn't belong in there. Uh, let's see. I have got Zonker strips. Whole hide pre-sliced in purple. Chartreuse. Hot pink. As well as a Wapsi Pine Squirrel Zonker in olive. I've got full rabbit hide chunks up in here. Big bags of dubbing. Still hermetically sealed. Sterilization pouch. Heat seal. Latex-free pouch. Hemostat. It says x-ray on it. Bunch of random stuff in here. A bunch of uh, old nymphs. Coffin flies doing back there from... Tell you how old and long these have been in here. I haven't fished a coffin fly since uh, before I met my wife. So they're hiding in there. And then a couple of packs of the Bug Shop Glow Bug Micro Yarn. Hot orange. What do we got here? UV. Salmon egg. guide wax for my cross-country skis and then I've got these which I still haven't used that Hemingway synthetic tapered peacock quills I get out to Colorado next I'll use those whoo this has got a bunch of random stuff it's all of the ultra or super hairs that don't have bags for them so aquamarines olives reds greens blacks grays blues whites and in amongst them, I've got Angora Rabbit Yarn I use for steelhead flies. Pink, yellow, fuchsia, orange, white. Got some of the gar fly material also in here. The Widow's Web is called in everything. There's a scorpion fly stuck in this one. I've got the Helgramite Yarn in black and purple. And some industrial purple yarn. We can take that for beer tie. I just bought this little bin here from the thrift store the other day for carrying my fly tie material. I also got an auto light, natural light lamp at the thrift store. Pretty sweet. This is a really cool chenille that I picked up at a Walmart about 16 or 17 years ago. It's got silver tinsel built into it. I've got sheep fleece. Never used it, but it's in there in case I do. Oh, there's chartreuse yarn. And then a bag of just tri-lobal Antrony chenilles for egg-sucking leeches. Chartreuse, yellow, hot pink, red, 
Oregon cheese, shrimp pink. I use a lot of Ziploc bags. You'll find out about that when I get around the corner. Next one down has just got skeins of yarn. These are for sucker spawns. It's a cream and pink one from a craft store. I've got purple eyelash yarn, chartreuse eyelash yarn. I've got this creamy orange yarn for sucker spawns. Then there's this itty bitty thin chenille I have. I bought for shad flies, who's too small, and that's what I'm using for those little nymphs now that are catching everything. I don't even know what some of the stuff is. More um, little egg yarn stuff. A big pouch of purple Estaz. Then I've got my kit for tying up White Death, which I still have never figured out really how to tie neatly. I will let Autumn Siren Flies do that for me. And then I've got egg yarn. This, in fact, is the... McFly foam in about every color available, including brown for doing pellet flies. You just see brown somewhere and you pick it up. 50 cent. How about that? It's actually called gold. So I use these in my egg flies for steelheading and trout fishing when I do one or both of those. Every color of the rainbow. Then a random bag of Estazes. And the bags of Estaz are just so when I'm going up to New York or traveling somewhere and I need to grab material. This is before I had pegboards. I just had these Ziploc bags. There's aquamarine, chartreuse, pinks, reds, golds, yellows, ambers, gunmetal, peaches. There's egg orange in here. Just every rainbow color imaginable in that Ziploc bag. The bottom drawer, let me get my day pack out of the way. Here's the large Ziploc bag that contains all of my San Juan Worm Vernier Ultra Chenille. Browns, chartreuses, purples, whites, greens, oranges, tan. Big variety. I've got a broken Ziploc bag, bag of Glowbug yarn in every color imaginable. More of the Ultra Chenille. Now, one of the two of these actually suck and fall apart when tying with. I just don't know which ones. Find out the hard way, I guess. I've got some synthetic craft fur that I use for those shrimp flies or crab flies, whatever they were. Going for redfish several years ago. A toothbrush. I guess that's for dubbing out those composite loops. I've got a fake lily pad from Kevin Arculio for displaying my frogs. And then I've got this giant skein of coppery gold eyelash yarn that makes a pretty cool woolly bugger. More Helgramite yarn, this is tan. And then just giant strips of rabbit, just chunks of pelts. Oranges, pinks, blacks, you name it. Oh, down here I've also got for my herring flies, this is about a 13 to 14 inch white rooster tails from China. The next one, this is probably the first bin I ever got. Some old material in here. These are Orvis No Rust Fly Boxes. Three of those. I have got the original flies I bought from that woman in Frederick, Maryland in like 88. 
Some of these are the original flies from my first ever fly fishing trip with my dad up in the Shenandoah Mountains when I was going into sixth grade. And I want to frame some of these. I got a lot of nostalgia to them. I have got in here fish pimp strike indicators and a bunch of old tools. This is like a gigantic hemostat, which is rusted shut. I'll probably throw that out. Uh, more head cement and micro fibits. You're going to learn who really likes micro fibits in the next podcast. More beads. Just a lot of random stuff. This is the sign up for TU. Get your 12 free trout flies in the mail. It's in a little pillbox. Just random stuff. Next drawer down, again, my original clear cure goo syringe with the original light. Strike putty. This is not strike putty, is that? Yeah, glow-in-the-dark strike putties. Just odd tools. More um, old scissors, old bobbins, more hackle pliers. O-rings for making jaws on Helgramites. I bought them, didn't like it, so I got those. Pliers for making pencil lead. A Thompson whip finisher that I got my senior year of high school, which I've never figured out how to use. A lighter. Doesn't even work. Floatant. A corker's boot key. That's about it. Sharpies. Next one down. This is now becoming the rubber leg bin. I've got Christmas cards in here with Santa tying flies. Every color round rubber leg you can imagine. I've also got my River Road Creations beetle foam cutters in there. A marble for my daughter. A lot of rubber legs. Always need rubber legs. And one thing I've learned is rubber legs are very susceptible to UV light. So my creations are now in non-clear boxes. I don't want them degrading when they're sitting in the boat or in the back of the car or on the front seat. Keeping all of them now out of direct sunlight. Next one down. Wow, this is a step back. Another marble. I don't know why they're in here. This is my Bill Skilton memory bin. I also have two, four packs of saltwater crystal flash in here. But I've got stuff that I got from Bill Skilton a long time ago. I have Skilton's Deluxe Foam Beetle Strips. Hard shell foam ant and beetle strips. I have Bill's Ant and beetle leg material. Stop, you can't even find this stuff anymore. I have Bill's dry fly foil foam. Bill's stretchy foam. I should be using this stuff. I don't even know what these things are. Like You can't even find these in industrial uses. I don't know where Bill comes up with them. Easy Sight foam strips. I love the prices on these. $2.50, $3 a pack. Way back in the day. Now they've got pictures of Bill's flies on them. His foam helgramites and ants and Chernobyl ants. And then I've got bug bodies by Wopsy that are foam. This is just junk. This is a brown yarn with a hair frog in it. An original Orvis damsel back when they were light olive. Not dark olive. They're too dark these days. 
Ooh, this is uh, furry foam. I don't really use that. Random box of flies. Yeah. Random stuff. Then on the left, it's just foam, 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 and then leader and tippet material that I don't even use anymore. This is all 5X, 4X, 3X, 2X leader materials, tippet spools that are probably, you know, this one expired in 03, best if used by 07. They're just in there. Probably should get rid of them. I've got some of the original airflow trout fast sinking leaders. Some nice scissors. Most of my scissors are from the lost and found from when I was a teacher. A leather leader wallet. Pencil lead. So that's it for this wall. On my really dodgy bench or shelf holding up by egg crates, milk crates, is foam. I've got another Plano box. This is filled with all of my tails for dragonflies, and it also has all of my ultra suede tails categorized by shape and color. I've got a whole bag of New Age Hollow Flash from Orvis, and every color I can get. More foam, a DSLR, uh, books, Four Fish by Paul Greenberg. I just bought a second copy of it at the thrift store the other day. I picked up Fishing the Upper Potomac by Ken Penrod for a dollar at the local thrift store. The end of the line, how overfishing is changing the world and what we eat by Charles Clover. And I've got the grand idea by post writer Joel Achenbach about the history of the Patomac Canal and George Washington's drive to tame the Potomac. On top of that, I've got uh, my fly tying spool holder. And like I guess I tie with very few colors. It has Danville and black chartreuse, blue, orange, Semper Fly and chartreuse and black, ultra wire, medium red or hot orange, six aught black uni, some more ultra wire, Vivis, which I still just don't like, and then uni mylar number 10 peacock orange for the back of my Jumbo Johns, non toxic wire, a spool for. Tenkara line and the tip of the Wonder Rod I bought in Hawaii, which is now being used to keep Dr. Jones off of the couch upstairs. One of my new finds, again, is that Lote yarn. There's a big chartreuse one there. And just random odds and ends. Then you get to the worm material. I'm going to move the microphone again. So my worm materials are quite extensive. I have the puffer ghost heads from Michaels from years ago in purple, chartreuse, and orange. They're pretty darn good. They do melt and fall apart. This new giant puffer ball I got from Clearance Safeway recently. This is light up, raised eye, wacky worm. And the French guy, if you follow me on Instagram, all he wanted to do was catch bass, largemouth bass, while in America. That was his goal. And I put him on largemouth bass. Granted, there were some five, six pounders that didn't eat, but he caught plenty of seven, eight, nine, ten inchers. And you know what? He was happy. And that's me doing my job correctly. 
We may have gotten made fun of for not catching the biggest fish, but that's not the goal. It's not always the biggest fish. Sometimes people just want to catch a fish. So I got those. I've got these giant wormy heads that are from the Asheville Rite Aid. And then the latest is the Spike Easy silicon cord that I got from Michaels in blues, pink, chartreuse, reds. I wish we had it in white to make dead worms. But I've got an entire milk crate here of just more materials, probably a mile's worth. And then some wading belts, some lanyards, some Frogman Outdoor stickers. I've got the guy next to me at Somerset left his whole fly tying materials in my container. I don't have his contacts, so I've got a whole bunch of 3D Big Eye and Tarpon Hooks, Mustad 6 Ot, Gamakatsus. So I got to hold on to these for next year. Give those to him. All right. Let's move to the closet. Don't get shocked. All right. The top shelf is tax information and my original bin for Zonker strips. And then I've got Polyfoam by Frost King, which is used for my foam depot. Turkey fans. Photo album of my trip to Puerto Rico in college. Odds and ends of spools of who knows what. Antron yarn, silver tinsels, blacks, things that they're not even labeled. But things I've collected here and there. Some old split shot, copper wire. Just odds and ends. And then another pull-out container of Chenille's and Estaz's Magnum Zonker strips in black and olive. That was the original for the bacon fly. It's too big, so I dropped down. Now, this is stuff I bought in high school from a website. Jeez, there was no website. It was from a catalog called Eggers, E-G-G-E-R-S, and it was outside of Atlanta. So there's actual chenille in here that I bought from them in 94. It's pretty crazy. I still have some of the stuff. I've got the diaphragm for the podcast. I've got a whole Ziploc bag of just spools of thread I don't use. These are going to be used in beer ties mostly. I've got a whole nother pound of Nestor wire because I lost one, so I just ordered a new one. This is Core 66, tin 60. Bunch of split shot, and then go into my all my old spools of line. Orvis, 10 weight, type 3 sinking, scientific anglers, freshwater, shooting, airflow, 8 weights, polyfuse, 8 weights, 8 weights, Cortland 444, bass taper, Orvis Wonderline striper, 9 weight, Orvis Wonderline advantage, trout, 6 weight, my gosh, it just goes on and on. That's one of them. And then another whole thing of just polyfuse lines, Orvis lines, I just picked up here and there. Hydro sink tip four or six. I don't know my Roman numerals. Yeah, you got old and new. A lot of these don't even come with looped ends on them. And then, oh my gosh, a box of a lot of dry flies. A couple dozen caddis, a bunch of lime wolves, 
Royal Trudes, Royal Wolves, Parachute, Pheasant Tails, Snow Hopper Indicators. They're basically grasshoppers that are white foam to look like floating snow. This is before thingamabobbers. Bunch of stimulators, tube of Aqua Seal, a Prissy Miss. That's from the original Mr. Bob's Lucky Day Flies. Green Drakes. Look at these. Hickey's Condors. Can you even find a Hickey's Condor anymore? Never caught a fish on that. Then down below, I've got about seven or eight bamboo rods that are just leaning up against the wall because they have no function now. And then, my goodness, I have this piece of foam, and it's got original flies people have tied for me throughout the years. There's a kiwi muddler on there, which no one fishes anymore. I'm just a variety of really, really cool. The Travis Beatabugger, original Mr. Bob's. I've got one of Uncle Keith's steelhead flies. Uh, my original dragonfly. I've got barracuda flies on here. Just crazy old stuff. That I've been collecting throughout the years. Stripping basket full of hats, gloves, all my fly boxes. These are the industrial ones. There's Plano saltwater, Plano bass, Plano steelhead, Plano bass. I still have Mr. Bob's Lucky Day poppers. I'll sell one to you for 20 bucks. I've got black chartreuse and yellow sliders and poppers, bunch of Whitlock mice, bunch of prissy misses in black, and then my nymph box. Ooh, that's for, uh, this is for making lanyards. Whoa, a lot of sucker spawn. And then these industrial Ziploc bags of Premier Yarns Parfait in white, purple, black. More odds and ends of what you would call eyelash yarns. And then real bags, rod bags. I've got my Everton scarf, my DC United scarf. I've got my Waving Cat handkerchief from Moshi Moshi Yoshi. A lot of receipts in here. And then Ziploc bags further. These are the kits. I can just grab and go. Bacon fly. This is a giant turkey-sized plastic bag of just marabou. Just yarns, new age chenilles for an Antron chenilles for shad flies. I've got a travel pouch for dubbing. OPST materials, these are the ostrich drabs, some polar flash and pins. I've got a terrestrial bag of just foam strips. Got one bag for scorpion bugs, bag for jumbo johns, and a bag of guinea feathers. Then a whole bunch of really old Wheatley boxes. This is the one I recently bought, the knockoff from the fly shop. It's aluminum. Clips on both sides. Somebody recently stepped on my other one and I lost it. I was going to break it open and get all the flies out. I just got all these old Wheatley boxes with clips on them that I plan on using when I'm an old man and fishing dry flies for trout. Looking into my future. Got a whole bunch of those. That's about it for that side. And then the fish tank with dingleberry, the two minnows, a couple freshwater shrimp from the pet store, bunch of snails, probably three dozen scuds. 
And on the windowsill are all those flies I used from the podcast on my favorite trout flies. Looking outside at my pumpkin patch. And I think that covers it up. The artwork in here, I've got an award I got from David Folkerts from Healing Waters back when I had time to volunteer regularly. I've got Joseph Tomaleri brown trout, rainbow trout, and brook trout. Got a picture of marine iguanas from the Galapagos. Some Project Healing Waters second place and third place awards from the Two Fly. And then I've got the Big Bad Brown from Dave Whitlock hanging up. And then there's a picture of my wife in a bikini, which you don't get to see. That's pretty much it. That's how I keep things somewhat organized. I prefer the black Estaz for my peacock. I'm sorry. Ugh, for my bacon fly. Uh... So black Estaz is my preference for the bacon fly, except I have to use the cactus chenille because it's easier to get from hairline. I have a ton of ostrich plumes in a variety of colors. I'm going to get those preferably from Wapsie, and those are for the Snow White Damsel. Some of those get used for intruders. What else is in here that I have? Whew. That's kind of it. Got my new lamp. Got the podcasting stuff. I don't know what else to tell you. That's how I keep my room organized. I vacuumed here the other day. The rule is no bare feet. And check back in a year or two and there's going to be more stuff. Uh, there's more stuff in the closet like bibs and other material that I'm not even going to dig into. Bumper stickers. Just random. This is even... This old... Wheatley box, super fine. CF Orvis, Manchester, Vermont, says brook trout on it. And it's got every dry fly you would need for brook trout, which is basically just uh, Mr. Rapidnan, Royal Wolves, Elkhair Caddis, some nymphs on the side. But I can go to Colorado with this. It's full of RS2s and all sorts of other stuff. And confident I'm going to go catch fish. Some hard-bodied ants, never use those. So I've just got a lot of stuff in some odd places, and I try to keep it contained to this room. If you have any questions about some of the materials, where to get them, if you need to buy some Helgermut yarn or other things from me, let me know. That is about it. It's almost time to go pick my kid up at camp. Today was magic day. They were supposed to dress up. She was concerned that she had to bring a fake magic wand because if she brought a real one, she might accidentally cast a spell and really mess things up. There was one kid dressed as a unicorn, one kid as a dementor. She just went with a rabbit and a hat. And a bat and a 6'4 Impala? Come on. All right, that's it. I'm gonna sign off. We're gonna get this to producer Jason. And it's that time of year now, it's August. Thomas and I were texting this morning about starting the plans for the Salmon River trip. I'm gonna go send a text to Dirty Bill See if he's on board to fish with us and what his availability is. That's about it. Thanks for downloading this version of the Chaotic Fly Tying Office Room Podcast. And if you want to know about the shower across the hall, uh, I have to tell you that off, off air, because they're, they're kids. Has to do with the previous owner and how and why that shower was built. That's another story. All right, I'm done. Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, please go to 
www.robsnowwhite.com. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chasing the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Through the blackwater bayous and in the dark Louisiana night floats a duck camp, alive with the sounds of swamp pop and the smells of Cajun cooking. Mississippi Delta in Venice to the Cajun prairies of the Southwest. Me and the Duck Camp Dinners crew will be hunting and eating it all. This is Duck Camp Dinner. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.